Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. And yes, here we are. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, August 30th, 2012, and we have an interesting show for you this evening, if my heart will hold up. About five seconds before the show to start, Donna finally, I think, got over to where she needs to be. Are you there, Donna? Yep, I'm here. I'm ready. And how do you always make it, just in a split amount of time? I'm an 11th hour person. Well, you're giving me a heart attack over here. I'm counting down to two seconds, and you're still in the room over here doing something on the computer. But, okay, you made it. Good. We are all aware of the... um, problems faced by the industry due to environmental issues and uh, anti-idling laws across the country. But this evening, we're going to focus on the solutions to these issues, solutions for both truck drivers and motor carriers, and discuss the two idle reduction technologies, which are onboard idle reduction equipment and truck stop electrification. And joining us to do just that are our special guests, all experts in the field of idling alternatives. And with us this evening are Rick Schaff, Director of Sales of Hodjon Dynasis APU at Hodjon.com, and Roger Southall, Sales Manager for AirDoc at AirDoc.com, and Ethan Garber, CEO of Idle Air at, of course, IdleAir.com. And we also have with us Andy Warkaba, who's President of Andrew J. Warkaba and Associates, a professional services and management consulting firm that specializes in the development of new modern and roadside facilities throughout North America, and he's on the web at warkaba.com. So we'll touch on the problems faced by the trucking industry as it relates to truck idling and environmental issues and how, by working together, can bring about a resolution for both motor carrier and professional truck drivers. So, Donna, you ready to get the show on the road, I take it? Well, I am, but I can't get on the chat room. You do that every show. So, you know what I have to say this time? Yeah. That's your problem. (laughs) Our show this evening, Idling Alternatives for the Trucking Industry, coming up on Truth About Trucking Live.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is. And many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since truck were first used by the military in World War One. If you're considering starting your own owner-operated business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, the truck is yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month, and sometimes even less. A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilt's, Volvo's, Internationals, and Freightliners, and all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Donna, did you get it going? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm in here now. I don't know what I do every week. Every week I go through this. <laughs> I know. Getting old. and. Well, yeah, I see you in there. So you're up and ready to go. Lines are filling up. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Let's welcome our guest, uh, Rick Schaff for the Dynasis APU. Welcome to the show, Rick. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I got everybody's mics open, and we'll just uh, welcome everybody in here real quick. Roger Southall of AirDoc, glad to have you back. Hey, hello, Alan. Hello, Donna. Hopeful. Hey, well. Roger. And uh, Ethan Garber of Idle Air, same to you. Welcome back, Ethan. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks, uh, Alan and Don. Hi, Ethan. And, of course, Andy Warkab. Glad to have you back as well, Andy. Hey, good to be on here. Can you hear me Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, we can hear everybody fine, and I can't believe that uh, 
I picked everybody out from all the lines here, but we got everybody on here. So, you know, it's always a challenge to have multiple guests on the show, so we'll do as we always do. All mics will remain live, and just feel free to jump in to add to the conversation at any time. Uh, Donna, you have anywhere you wanted to start, or you want me, or what? Well, um, well, I, I guess the the big the big story is, and of course, it's it's you know been around now for a while. We had shows on this, but it looks like um, idling alternatives are really becoming more of a necessity. Um, I think the states are really enforcing the laws; they're a lot stricter. Um, I think the fuel prices are uh, causing the companies to really want drivers to, um, you know, hold off on the idling. Uh, and yet, we all know in the extreme conditions, uh, you know, that's that's difficult at times. And then you have the the EPA. So, I mean, we could really pretty much go anywhere. Um, is, well, well, <laughs> well, you know, uh, well, Rick Shaftlett, we'll start with you since you're the only rep really here for the onboard idle reduction equipment technology. Uh, you know, Rick, I guess, I guess to get started here, kind of along the lines of what Donna was saying. I mean, we know we have these two technologies available for idling alternatives for the industry, but idling reduction through behavior change is something that should be emphasized as well. I guess with all the regulations and everything that Donna was just talking about, from Donna's APU point of view, uh, are you seeing that behavior change coming about? We pretty much would have to, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're seeing the behavior change coming about. And it, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of like anything, Alan. It comes about in different ways with different companies. There's there's companies that are, I mean, I've met with companies this week that are, you know, really emphasizing, um, you know, programs that they put on internally and they get cash prizes for, for fuel mileage increases. And, and you know, it, like what you said, I mean, driver behavior is really, really important because, I mean, just the way a guy drives his truck or a gal drives her truck um, can save a company or themselves a, a lot of money. And then the auto reduction technology is in place to, you know, to, to really, from our point of view, is, to, is to, to provide them a product that will assist them to, to save money. Um, at the end of the day, that's that's really what it's about. There's, you know, when you when you go and look at a company and you see, or or an owner operating, you see how much they spend in fuel and how much they spend just in idle fuel. That's really where, when we talk to people, when I talk to them, I really try to, to focus on. You know, if you changed a bit of behavior and invested a little bit of money up front um, or, you know, do a lease program or a finance program um, to get a product like this and you start reducing your, your fuel spend every single month and every single week, um, you know, over time you're going you're to get to rely on the product that you buy, whether it's our product or, or one of our competitors' products or whether you, you know, go to the truck stops and use the products that are there, you know, the electrification products that are there. Um, it, you know they're going to find something that works for them, and it's going to come to the point, and it's and it's slowly, you know, it's going to come. I think 2014, where there's a five-minute mandatory shutdown on trucks, you know, from the EPA. So you know these guys are just not going to have much of a choice. And this is an industry that's you know that's heavily regulated and has been continually bombarded with regulations, and um, you know it, it just doesn't appear it's going to stop. So. Well, let's let's work everybody in here on this just real quick, and we'll just keep moving right along. Roger Southall of AirDoc, uh, uh, your thoughts? I mean, there are there are all alternatives available now, and with these regulations, that behavioral change is just pretty much going to have to take place. 
Well, you're right. Uh, we're trying desperately to get uh, our technology out there. And the EPA, as you quite rightly mentioned, are great uh, ambassadors for cleaning up the air of, of the country. But the funds that, as an industry, we've been relying on because we're in an embryonic stage uh, is either being withheld or limited uh, to such a small percentage that we are actually finding it quite difficult to get our technology out there. Both uh, AirDoc and Idler have a tremendous system and we desperately want to get it in front of uh, the people that issue these grants, but we're not able to, uh, you know, get in front of them. More and more states are, are holding back on the funds and the buzzword at the moment seems to be natural gas or electric cars. And, you know, the one industry that needs uh, the push to get technology out there is idle reduction, whether it be on board or off board. Uh, we have been reliant on grant funding and we, we are finding it very, very difficult uh, to get the grant funds to put this equipment out there. So the drivers that are getting familiar with it do want to use it. They want more and more sites. And, you know, it's not happening quick enough. And, and you know, I just want to say about the truck stop electrification, I mean, it it actually works hand-in-hand hand with a lot of the other alternatives um, that people use. So, it, I mean, you, you can, even if you have an APU, you you can plug in and and save the the life of the APU. I mean, could you explain that how that works um, to people listening? Because a lot of people will say, "Well, I have an APU," um, but you know, you can also go to the um, truck stop electrification and and plug in your APU. Correct? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Yeah, you can. With, I mean, with our product, it's a, um, you know, we have a short power option, so it's just like an RV. Um, when you when you have electrification, you can you can plug it into a 110 outlet, and it'll run your entire heating and cooling system without the need to run the diesel engine. And the diesel engine sits there and 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 you know doesn't have to do a thing. Um, and so, and you know, the Department of Transportation. Is still in the process of electrifying, I don't know, 50 or 60 truck stops through what they call the um, the step grant, and um, you know the, the the monies for the auto reduction devices is gone, but the and I think the monies also were gone for the uh, for the electrification. They're still in the process of, of building infrastructure, but but I think it's like you know the previous guy said, it's it's you know the infrastructure of these things is is expensive. Um, you know, the difference between our system and, and theirs is that, that we don't really require an infrastructure. Where our, um, you know, we don't require an infrastructure at truck stops. Where our, you know, where our capital investment comes is in buying the inventory and the product, and, and it's no less expensive really doing that than what they're doing. And so, it's, you know, it's, it's just we need help in funding, and, and we, we need the government to look at auto reduction as a now technology you know, rather than a move to natural gas, which is going to take many, many years, you know, just to get the filling stations and the trucks and the engines developed and, and get people converted over, if it ever goes completely over. Um, you know, but we want it looked at as a NAP technology. This is a way to reduce fossil fuel consumption and improve, you know, the air quality now, today. And, and I think that's being missed at, the, at certain levels within the EPA and other governmental agencies. Well, that's that's pretty... That's pretty um 
sad, actually. I mean, when you know, it's if you, here you need to you know worry about the consumption, and I think fuel is is you know really at a high right now. I don't know if it was every ever higher uh, for us over here. It, it could be, but it seems to me when I go to the gas station, it's pretty high. And it will, it will get high, higher in price, Donna. What you have to understand, either reduction is there to reduce the the amount of diesel this country uh, uses, and they're reliant on the trucking industry. And a lot of the diesel, a lot of the fuel is being getting from foreign sources. If the idling technology is used, the amount of thousands of gallons of diesel per year that, that the country saves is, is incredible. And as I say, the, the focus has shifted quite considerably from our, our technology, idle reduction, looking at what the buzzword is at the moment, natural gas, electric cars, or whatever, but they're missing you know, the, the industry and the infrastructure that we started to build, and idle are the leaders, and have a phenomenal uh, product, the same as our product, and APUs together, will work to get the idle reduction you know, enforced. It's there, ready to use. But as I say, we just can't get uh, the funding. And that was my question. I, I mean, where do, where is the holdup for that? I mean, I know uh, I, I read about grants for APUs, and I know when uh, David Hancock was on last time, you know, he was talking about helping people get the grants uh, if they went through his company. Um, but I don't understand what the holdup is for the um, TSE. You know, where, where where are you finding the roadblock for that? Because it seems like a no-brainer to us. Uh, so, I mean, do you, do you have a clue, or do they kind of stall you guys, too? Well, no, this, this I, well, is Ethan from – oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Please. Well, this is Ethan from uh, Idle Air. Um, uh, we recognize, and Roger's very kind, <clears throat> um, and uh, nice to meet you, uh, Rick. Um, seen the Dy- Dynasis machines, they seem very good. Um, uh, you know, Idolairs uh, recognize that we can't rely on government support, um, and it can help. And uh, certainly, uh, it can have a role in bridging the gap for drivers uh, and fleets to be able to make that leap to find energy efficiency choices, but we've realized that what we really need is a critical mass um, that can happen through also private investment. And uh, although it's been challenging for us, and and Roger and I certainly see each other a lot, um, we're always out pounding the pavement, really trying to find um, actual investor funds to um, demonstrate that there's a, a return on investment for building a network like this, much like the natural gas network. Uh, natural gas fueling stations that will take some time before they have the volumes to justify their infrastructure. But that bold step, or as um, Roger mentioned, electric car charging, um, you know, we're lucky in the TSE space and in the APU space because there actually are, is actual demand today for the products as opposed to electric cars that, you know, there may be a few thousand in each state. Um, and so um, we, we've been fortunate to be able to um, penetrate some of the larger fleets and medium-sized fleets and actually demonstrate to them that there's a adequate um, selection of choices out there that they can start investing in these technologies now, and they can do it now. I see. And, and Roger, um, you, you work on a different system. Yours is um, – do you do any kind of private 
Yeah, no, uh, with, because of our system, uh, we, we sort of are able to put single units out and we've introduced a, a Medidoc system for, for uh, ambulances. But what we do, uh, we, we are unfortunately grant-reliant at this moment in time, albeit that we, we've turned the corner where we do look for private investors. But it's always the chicken and the egg with everything new. Because right, the utilisation right. utilization is not to the level where to, to get it financed uh, privately, you need a certain utilisation figure. And the utilisation is not as great as it should be because the amount of technology really isn't out there. There was a hope a few months ago that we could put a national map and not put what uh, sites are out there as for independent companies, but a national coverage to let the truckers know where TSC is available, where biofuel is available. And, and that in itself to form an association needs funding and we need it lobbying because, as I say, once drivers use the technology and use APUs, they get familiar with it, they're, they're happy to use it, and they see the benefits. Right. Well, they absolutely the do see the benefits because we we hear from them. And um, I see it posted all over, and I'm sure you, you see it too on our wall and, and, you know, the other walls on Facebook and the social media websites where – uh, they're asking, you know, is there, you know, one in, and they'll say a state, and uh, so they're searching. And uh, like I said, at a time when fuel prices and people worried about the um, pollution and the uh, anti-idling restrictions going on and the enforcement, um, it. I think right now it's, you know, pretty pretty serious to do something. Um, so, I mean, I was reading, um, let's see, there was uh, in LinkedIn, and I noticed there hasn't been a lot of posts um, in that LinkedIn group, this group on LinkedIn called, what is it called? Um, I, I can't remember. Is it called Idling Alternatives? I think, Andy, you're in there a lot. Oh, LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah Andy, no, let's no. Bring, you, bring you in here because expand a little bit more for our listeners on what War Carbon Associates Incorporated is all about and how you fit into all this. Well, uh, I fit in uh, specifically uh, uh, in that I'm aligned with uh, with AirDoc and I'm helping them in building their image and business development. Uh, but I also have been involved in the development of uh, service plazas, rest areas, and uh, specifically related to toll roads. And uh, I'm an uh, advocate of uh, commercial rest areas. And um, I don't I don't want to put a philosophical layer on what we're talking about because you know sometimes then it just makes everything so complex. Uh, we have the you know Roger and, and talking and the others talking about the technical side of it, and there really is enough for all of us in this industry, whether it's an APU on board, off board, or whatnot. Um, but it's just getting that message out. I mean, this trucking industry is just so large and so diverse, and, Alan, what you do in trying to, you know, bring it all together and focus it, it's just so diverse in, in, um, in, in trying to get it out. And I take, for example, enforcement. We talk about that. I mean, on the New York Thruway, if you pull into a service plaza, there's a large sign, probably a probably a three-by-four-foot sign that says, no truck idling, you will be fined. 
and you pull in there, and the trucks are just idling away. And yeah. I've, I've talked to the people up there, and they say, well, you know, we really get bad winters up here, and the patrolmen, you know, they feel bad for the truckers. And so we have these laws out there, so to speak, for for anti-idling, but, I mean, they're not being listened to. You know what I'm saying? And and so to, to be able to, to uh, really get um, – Really be able to pull all this together has really been a challenge for our industry. And then, like Roger said, now the EPA is restricting the amount that they'll contribute to this, uh, you know, to the overall funding. So it's really, um, it's really um, difficult. And then, uh, Donna, you, you, you said, what's the holdup? Well, uh, I'm sure Ethan would agree with this. We've only had a couple states that have issued, uh, you know, a request for an application. The most recent being uh, Georgia and uh, Ohio had some some uh, an application out and they've gone ahead and awarded it, uh, but they haven't really put that into effect yet and they're already behind by at least two months on issuing a new application. So there's a lot of the, I don't know it's just the st- working with the governments. I don't know if it's because of the upcoming election or what, but there's there's just a malaise, a malaise you know that. Uh, trying to get them convinced to do something has really been a little difficult. Yeah, it seems, you know, it's just, it's kind of a, a, a sad situation because, of course, we know the situation that goes on with the trucks and the idling and, and how the drivers, you know, I mean, they're the ones a lot of times that do suffer through all of this, especially um, in the in the warm weather and in the extreme cold weather. Um, you know, the, the companies are all kind of bragging that, you know, hey, we're one of the leaders in uh, idling reduction. And in the meantime, a lot of the drivers are just, you know, either freezing to death or or dying of the heat, So, um, which, you know, the general public really doesn't know that. They just see the fancy stickers on the side of the car, on on the side of the truck, um, you know. A lot of times, you know, the, the general public and I think a lot of the lawmakers, you know, when the drivers are actually doing their work, these people are at home sleeping. But yeah. I do a lot of and I'm going by rest areas 2 o'clock in the morning, and I mean it's treacherous to even try to pull into a rest area uh, with an automobile, let alone an 18-wheeler. Uh, oh, it, you know, and this is this is one of the things and um, that we're, we try to bring out through the convention. And all three of you guys, um, Idle Air, Air Dock, and uh, Dynasis, you're all sponsors. We appreciate you very much. And what we try to do is to create the public awareness. Um, that is one of the goals of the convention. And I think the general public really needs to know um, what goes on because it's difficult to be empathetic towards people that are portrayed uh, with an image of, you know, outlawed drivers just out to get all the cars on the road and and we're trying to change that and um to get really enough media uh, attention to see what the truth is behind all that. Um with that being said, um of course we all know that uh Jason's law is in the transportation bill. Um we were talking to Andy earlier, um Congressman Tonko is going to come on on the 13th and discuss the funding uh, for the national priority for truck parking that has been claimed. And um, I want to just know, um, is is this good? I would think it would be good for the um, 
truck stop electrification, is it not? I think it could be great. And again, I, I didn't want to get philosophical and get us off off uh, subject, uh, but I think I could be great. Um, but it, it, it just you know, Natso, for example, has such a strong lobby organization that whatever we try. You know, we even tried to get truck stop electrification at a rest area, and that's so got into it immediately and said and got legislation passed. You know that it, that it would be prohibitive because it, they they call it a commercial uh, operation. So we really don't have anybody on the on, at at the Washington level that I know of that really speaks for the truckers. And it could be I don't know, American Trucking Association. Maybe I'm showing my ignorance here. But there's really nobody that I know of that really that we could call up for you know for truck stop electrification for parking that really is going to listen to us and and go to their you know organize some kind of a I don't know a group of drivers to do something to march on Washington or whatever it takes. And, I, I think and that you I, know that's it, most of it takes. It, um, I think I this is Ethan from. Uh huh. Uh, this is Ethan from Idle Air. I think I have to take a slightly different position because um, we've had some success with some of the major travel center chains, not um, not one of the large ones, but certainly the largest. And uh, I would say that they're clear-headed and um, intelligent business people about TSE and um, talking about uh, Pilot Flying J in particular. And although... Um, we have uh, challenges and obligations to perform to get access to some of their coveted um, tr uh, travel center spots. Uh, I think they've been very cooperative and um, uh, really see that there are many solutions for truck efficiency and air quality. Of course, they've got their national um, relationship with clean energy for, for LNG distribution. But um, I would say that you know the metrics are actually there and proven. Um, we they I think. Um, would acknowledge that we're probably more profitable than selling diesel as a tenant. Um, though, you know, one of the issues for TSE, and the, not everything that the TSE industry does is perfect, um, and Idle Air's uh, two bankruptcies uh, prior to our um, uh, time running the company uh, demonstrate that the congestion that, that TSE can produce on a truck stop can be problematic given the limited amount of parking. So, um, you know, we're there's a balance. I would think um, personally that if there were maybe uh, the protection of a, a modest anti-idling area on a truck stop so that the travel center is not put in the position of having to be the police force and the TSE provider isn't put in that position either, um, and that it's sort of like handicap parking and it's not a dominant part of a parking lot, but it's preserved for a quiet area, that that would be one of the more fruitful things that we could all achieve instead of you know trying to um, say that we need more money um, because I think the possibility to make profits is there. We've got several sites that actually make uh, positive cash flow and that we're actually expanding um, and that we have the invitation to uh, put more equipment down. And AirDoc has a nice solution, uh, especially for a complementary kind of a footprint to ours, which tends to require a larger footprint. So I think that the possibility is there. It's about di business discipline and joining together with the, the travel center industry as opposed to um, necessarily demonizing them. Well, I didn't mean to do that, but I think uh, to follow up, Ethan, then exactly what you've been saying, um, I don't know what type of uh, 
exclusive relationships you may or may not have with some of these travel plazas. But, um, you know, it's, uh, the business model just, uh, it's, I don't know that it's been proven that when we contact somebody that they're willing to make that capital investment, at least at this point. But aside from that, uh, I, I was talking more more on the level of uh, of uh, state interstate highways and that type of thing, as opposed to the private sector. Well, that well, was it's a, a valid point. Uh, okay, I was going to ask a question on. about that. I thought that um, because it was more of a vending type of operation, that you kind of could bypass uh, calling it. Um, we, we, we've, tried, we've tried that stance, uh, Donna, and we, we are uh, making some sort of a headway into, into that market. Rest areas recognized on an interstate are uh, a, a draw on funds of, of the states that they're in. So let's look at Georgia for the moment. Some of their rest areas need quite a bit of money spending on them. Putting a, a truck stop electrification is a revenue stream, and that can reduce the burden uh, of running a rest area and even provide extra funds to, to build more parking spaces or expand the sites that are already there. And it is very difficult to get an audience with the decision makers because they are... Uh, not not sort of sidetracked, but they are aware that there are the rules from NATSO. They are aware that there are regulations as to what they can and cannot do. And obviously, it comes back down to, to actually being able to fund them. So it, it's, it's a battle. And, and I think when you look at the country as a whole and how reliant they are on, on the trucking industry, there should be uh, somebody lobbying uh, for, for idle reduction. Uh, and there should be, uh, you know, you, your site is ideal, and that's why we're, we're fond of you and, and when we come and, and support your shows and, and, and shows like this. But as I say, it, it is it has been difficult. It's been a very difficult year, uh, and I don't know whether financially the, the government are in a mess or what funds they have been given they're redirecting elsewhere. And I take on board what Ethan says about looking at private investors. But again, as I said earlier, there's plenty of private investors that would invest in a business model that is proven. And we don't have a proven business model. You know, as, as Ethan said, Idle Air uh, business model has changed and they've got their act together now. But there was two bankruptcies. We're new and embryonic. Our utilization figures are not high enough to warrant a private investment. And the APUs that are out in the market, you know, the, the, the capital outlay for an APU is not that great. But if a fleet looks to use APUs on the whole of the fleet, that is a massive uh, injection of cash that they've got to put in. And there should be assistance because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, the country wants to clean the air. They want to be less reliant on foreign fuels. Well, they, to achieve that, They've got to give a little. And as I say, truckers are beaten up enough with all the little rules and regulations and problems finding to park and all the other bits and pieces. And it, it, it really does. When I came over three years ago, uh, it was very much a buzzword, a buzz tech, you know, 
technology they wanted to see they, they were prepared to give grants for it and you know both Idler and ourselves we got sites out there APU manufacturers were putting their APUs out but it has dried up yes uh, well um, well Rick Schaff let's bring you in here I mean you're you're on the other side of this thing you're with the uh, onboard idle reduction the Dynasys APU I mean are you are you exp- I mean do you you know, correlate with these guys what they're saying. I mean, are you having also the complication with uh, government funding and uh, the support and lobbying for this type of technology? No, not. I mean, not necessarily because our, our product's so much different. I mean, I know, I know. The last time David was on, um, you know, companies were were getting uh, grants for APUs. Is that still going on? No. No, I mean, the, the, the grants are pretty much, I mean, there are certain states that do have some grants for, for auto reduction technologies. Um, the main one that when David was on, it was a step grant, which is a Department of Energy. Um, it's a test for, for truck stop electrification, um, you know, from the Department of Energy itself. But, but back to Alan's question, I, you know, we're, we're different because we sell, we sell a, basically a capital, a piece of capital equipment to the, you know, to the fleet or to the owner-operator. Um, but we're all, but we're still part of the same industry. So I can relate to what what they're talking about. I can relate to um, the trucking industry. I've been doing this a long time. Um, I think that that the one thing that's that's clear to me, and and you know, I travel all over the United States and I and I drive a lot, is that you know, there's not enough parking places for all the trucks that need to park. That that's just a fact. And um, and I think that you know, there is truck stop electric electrification it is coming um, it's slow to come because of the capital investment is so high to do it um, idle reduction technology is getting adopted I think they're being adopted slowly by fleets I think fleets are you know from the APU industry itself if, if you just look at I mean either what idle air does and air dock does or what we do um, or battery products um, there's been a lot of a lot of companies come and go over the years uh, there's been a lot of a lot of people that are that are you know saddled with products that are no longer warranty they can get parts from because the companies no longer exist. Um, you know, and, and fleets are are you know when we go into a fleet, we're asking them to make a major capital investment, just like you know either. You know, oh, did we lose them? I think we did. Uh, Pedro, you hear me? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, we're asking people to make a major investment in whether it's our product or, or you know, truck stop and, and, and electrification products that, that Air Dock and Idle Air have. Um, you know, from, uh, from our standpoint, we really, our business model is to go out and talk about how we can help the, the other operator or the fleet. Um, we do not rely on government funds. Uh, we do spend money lobbying. We do spend money talking to Washington a lot. Um because we think they should they should understand that there's technologies that exist today um, that if they want to reduce fuel consumption in this country that there's things that they could do. This is that you know there's regu- there's there's two sides to a, to an issue. One is regulation, and regulation puts books that 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 tell people what what the government wants them to do, and the enforcement. Oh, it keeps coming in and out. That <laughs> uh, am I coming in and out? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Try again. Okay. So, so basically, where where you know what we're talking about is that there's that there's there's 
there's technologies in this country that exist right now today to allow people to to allow us as a country to reduce the use of fossil fuels. And the trucking industry is a major, major user of fossil fuel in diesel. And but what they're doing is they're, they're regulating without looking at the other side saying, okay, how do we encourage people? And I use the word encourage because I, I like that better than just fund things because I'm not a big government, let's fund everything kind of a guy. But, but there is a way to encourage people to do that. And the money that's traditionally spent right now, the majority of the money that has gone out in grants is into the public sector. It is not going into the private sector. Um, it's probably 90% into the public sector to replace engines and school buses and snow plows and, and all these things that need to happen, but it's taxpayers' dollars and, and not all taxpayers are public employees, and I really think that that money should be better split between the private and the public sector, and there should be some encouragement to fleets and owner-operators to adopt technologies that save fossil fuel. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to clean the air, but we're trying to, to, to cut down our reliance on foreign oil purchases and it's, it's, it's mind-boggling when I've gone to Washington and talked to people that they just don't really understand that there's technologies that exist there today. It's like it's new news to them. And, I mean, I've been doing this since 2006. So how it's new news, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it is a problem. I mean, you know, there, like, like Roger was saying, you know, there, there does need to be more lobbying, and I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear that uh, you guys do. Um, I know I know David is really active in um, all kinds of things. You know, he'll send little emails with different things that are going on. So I know he's he's very active in what goes on, especially within the trucking world. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna just bring up a, a, a few things. Um, I know in Europe they use something called a, a fuel-fired heater or a... Um, oh, you beat me to it. Oh, you were going to bring that up too? Okay. Well, I was just curious because I, I, I know you guys travel uh, not only just around the country but all over the world. I mean, I know David Hancock was headed to uh, Germany, and, and um, Roger, I know you've been to Europe and kind of the same lines what Donna was going to talk I was just curious about uh, how is this technology and coming along in other countries such as Europe, Roger. I think, I mean, you, know, you were just there recently. I mean, the things like the direct-fired heaters, I mean, is, is it something they're doing differently that we're not? Well, no, but what, what you have to understand, uh, America as a country is a huge, huge country. And as I say, they are reliant on, on the trucking industry. Take the U.K. The U.K., we don't have trucks. We have little lorries. And... Uh, you know, the extremities of, of uh, weather in the UK is not as extreme as it is in the States. And, you know, most drivers can get to and from it in an actual day. When they travel into Europe, they do have, uh, like, onboard APUs. But there are not the, the massive uh, truck parks that, uh, you know, you see over in this country. And, and parking for trucks is not such a major issue because they're not completely reliant on it. They have canals. They have trains. I mean, train lines throughout Europe. You can go from France through to Italy, and, and you know, it's it's a completely different uh, uh, marketplace over there. Uh, Australia, you could probably use some sort of comparison, and the trucks over there are, are huge. Uh, and we'd love to, you know, launch in different different parts of the world. But as I say, it is a different marketplace. 
Okay. Think, you know, I can I can answer that. I can add a little bit. I mean, I know Australia. They use very similar products to to what we sell here. They're um, you know they're one they're mainly one cylinder diesel engine products, um, but they do use auto reduction technologies because you know the whole thing about auto reduction is you got to idle to have auto reduction. I think Roger is right about the UK and, and other parts of the world. They're just not going. There's not long distances between between major geographic centers and in the U.S. The further west you get, the, you know, the longer distances there are. And in Australia, it's huge distances. Canada, there's big distances. Um, and in those countries, you know, fuel is 20 to 25 percent more expensive than it is here, even though we're high. They're, they've been high forever. I lived in Australia for 10 years, and we were paying, you know, the three dollars a gallon for tax back in the 80s there. So, um, you know, I, it's, I mean, other countries adopted, but not they don't have the they don't have the number of trucks that we have here. You know, with over a million Class 8 sleeper trucks in the road that need some sort of idle reduction. So this is the major, you know, the major geographic center for it in the world. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about international uh, opportunities. Sorry, Donna. Oh, no, go ahead. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about international situations. We've been exploring, uh, trying to export our technology to Mexico because we have so much demand in South Texas, we have uh, locations that have um, basically back-to-back usage where drivers are circling around um, begging our staff to uh, save space for them. And it's not as congested, uh, though we're trying to find ways to add parking spaces. But we think other countries that are less developed than the states, really with the older rolling stock fleet, really uh, need the benefits of homegrown American technology uh, and using the grid as a solution because a uh, aftermarket investment in their truck of five to ten grand may be too much for a truck that on average is over fifteen years old and uh you know the 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 global benefit for that something that you know is uh good for everyone but for the the states to be able to export some of the solutions that we've got that are working um uh is also an exciting time so I didn't realize that they were using uh, APUs in Australia yeah. Wow. Well, well, Andy, you're from the UK, right? Oh no, Roger's. Roger was born and raised there. He's only been here for three years. Oh, okay. You, you probably get confused with my accent. My accent's like <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I was just curious. I, I really didn't understand the, or didn't realize the. I mean, what you were saying. It, it's kind of like a total different infrastructure over there. But I, I'm just curious. We always hear about Europe and all these other countries and. And uh well I just want to I just want to know so you know where is the solution okay um what are what are the trucking companies doing these besides APUs what are some of their alternatives that they're that they're enforced who are who are you asking um anybody who wants to jump in on that one <laughs> Well, I can give it a shot, Rick. Rick. Um, You know, they're they're doing several things. One is that they um, it it depends on the climate that their drivers drive in. I think fuel-powered heaters are um, probably the most prevalent hydrolateral reduction technology that's used in the United States. Um, It is used. You know, it's only good for the for the winter months. Um, and what they're doing in the summer is they're, they're trying to encourage their drivers to, to learn how to drive better, to, um, 
Yeah, I met with a company just two days ago down in LA that you know they're they're installed. They're doing some camera tests with some onboard cameras that that are uh, web based, and um, you know they're trying to change driver behavior. There's they're watching things like they're tied into the ECM. The cameras are tied into the ECM, so they're watching you know RPMs. They're watching uh, gear changes. They're watching a whole lot of things to try to get their drivers to to better understand that if they change some behaviors that they would increase fuel mileage. And they're, they're rewarding those drivers with cash. Um, and, it's not, you know, it's not a huge amount of cash, but they are rewarding them. But, but right now what they're doing is they're studying will the APU, regardless of whether it's battery or whether it's our product when it's a standalone product, I can't speak for, for Roger, Nathan, or Ethan, but I can tell you that when it's our product that they're, they're doing tests, they're looking at ECM data prior to the test. They're looking at after the test. They're looking at fuel purchases before the test, after the test. And then they're extrapolating that data across their fleet and saying, you know, will we save? They're looking at maintenance costs, uh, your warranty programs. They're, you know, they want warranty programs that match their trade cycles. So for people like us that have a product that sits on the side of a truck and, and gets beat up like every other thing on the side of the truck, um, you know, we're being asked to extend warranty periods and to uh, increase our warranties. And, and so those are the types of challenges that we're facing. Um, but, but I think that they're doing various things. They're, they're trying tires. They're trying um, skirts. They're trying, you know, tire pressurization systems. They're, they're trying everything they can to get, to get their trucks to run to the optimum and then to get their driver's behavior better. At the end of the day, there's an hours of service loss sitting on the books. Um, it says the driver has to be down this many hours, and if they're nowhere near home, they've got to idle, or they've got to sit in their truck and freeze or, or you know, just be too hot. So, um, well, at the end of the day, I'm asking um, so is what are they doing to uh, when they when they don't want the trucks to idle? What are they doing to compensate the drivers? Like I have one person in the chat room right now saying their company on an APU on board because it's too heavy. Okay, so what are they doing to compensate the drivers if they're not um, allowing for, you know, truck stop electrification for them to, to go there? Because, you know, drivers can't afford themselves many times um, that, that expense. So I, I'm trying to figure out, besides telling the driver not to idle and freeze or, to death or something like that, what, what are they doing? Well, I think of it is on the company. It, it depends on the company. I mean, I've met with companies that, that you know, they they really don't, I, mean, I hate to say this, but they really don't care exactly. um, about their driver. They just they just don't, Donna. It's, it's sad. Um, you know, driver comfort is not in the top three of their priorities. It's not in there. And it right. Well, that's a, great, that's a with, great point, Rick. Yeah, I mean, I met with a company years ago that had 136% driver turnover, and I asked, and they're a huge company, they probably 8,000. And I said, how much does one percentage of turnover cost you a year? And and the, the guy that was in charge of recruiting said, I don't know. And I said, well, you should go figure that out. Because my guess is, it, is it's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year that you spend on recruiting and training drivers and losing them and, and the turnover and it is insane. But so that's a great, that's a great point. The, the fleet's, recognizing that they can reduce their driver turnover, improve morale, which some fleets might be indifferent to, but I, I don't think so. It's just that they, they, they've they got so many 
choices and and uh, running a fleet is such a tough business it's capital intensive it's cyclical it doesn't it's not a lot of margin um, we've actually found that uh, what fleets are doing at least in the south is signing up for idle air and um, uh, we've got 450 fleets we're signing up about half a dozen fleets a week um, and uh, it seems that our challenge isn't convincing the fleets that it's a good idea they recognize that for no upfront cost and for less than two dollars an hour, they have the ability to, you know, save that much money and improve driver health. Um, our biggest problem is getting the drivers to use it, even when their fleet pays for it. So that's an interesting dilemma that may surprise you folks. But it's not the limit of government funds or um, uh, there being sympathy from Washington. Those are things that we sort of stay away from if we can. It's really about r running a business and trying to make sure that our customers uh, understand that this is actually free, that actually will pay for it, and it's still a challenge. And that's So explain to me that, why drivers might not yeah, use it, something that's available. It, 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 I was yeah. told it's behavioral, behavioral learning, and I akin it to uh, a number of years ago in the UK, a guy knocked my door and left three bins on my doorstep. And I tend to F and Jeff all the time at things that don't, I don't agree with. And I said, what are these? And he said, you put plastics in one, green in another. And I was really angry that they were going to make me recycle. Now I do it out of habit, and it becomes part of your life. This is what we've got to do with the drivers. Once a driver uses the technology, they appreciate the benefits, and they'll come back and use it again and again. And as Ethan said... A lot of them, the drivers that we talked to, where the fleets aren't signed up, they're worried about getting reimbursed. If it's an owner-operator, they're very keen to want to use the technology because they're going to save money. Yeah, I think what we do, that, I mean, I, I think, Ethan, you're absolutely right about driver behavior. Because, I mean, even with APUs, you know, a company can spend millions and buy the product, have it installed, and, and teach the drivers how to use it, but then getting them to use it and getting them to, you know, used to using it, is a um, is a different story. So I mean, we spend a, a lot of money on you know talking to drivers. Uh, we have you know, we're twenty four seven, and you know we have drivers call us. We proactively call them. Um, you know how's you know how is how's the unit working? How's it you know how's it performing? Do you have any issues with it? Um, to to really try to encourage them to use it and use it in a way that it's going to, you know, it's, it's kind of like their home thermostat from, from our product. You know, set the temperature. So, you, so you've got, and, so Rick, you've got the same issue that even though the fleets have installed the APU yeah. and it works, the drivers themselves, they'll still idle sometimes if if not um, encouraged and advised properly? Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. You're absolutely right. That's why Fascinating. They, you, know, you really hit a chord with me. Um, but what they're doing is that they're, you know, fleets, Fleets that are really smart, what they're doing is because drivers, you know, drivers are like any other group of employees. There's there's leaders within that group, and then there's followers, right? And so when I go and talk to a fleet, they're going to test. I said test it with with a good mix of your drivers, but pick the drivers that, are, that can influence others' behavior because if they like it and it works for them, they're going to influence other people. They're going to be on the radio with them. They're going to be talking on the cell phones with them. And use use your own people to help to help get your message down the line like any other company does. And so that that seems to work pretty good, but we still have the same issue. I mean, it's driver behavior, trying to get them to understand it um, and trying to get them to, to you know, embrace the concept of, of not having that big engine rumble all night. 
Yeah, well, that is surprising. I mean, well, I'm pretty shocked myself. Yeah, I am too. But well, I mean, well, Andy, you, uh, I mean, your company develops these uh, plazas and rest areas. I mean, what's your thoughts on all this? It, it kind of goes back to what I first said in the beginning about the. It brings up the behavioral issue again. Yeah, uh, it does because there's a, a case in point. Uh, you or some of your drivers, may, listeners may be familiar with the site. It's uh, in Delaware. It's the Delaware House. And uh, it was a brand-new facility uh, built by HMS Host. And, uh, you know, it has uh, restaurants, gas stations, and then it also has 50 uh, the uh, truck idle uh, units there that were put in there by Cab Air. HMS Host paid for it. So it was very pricey. The drivers just aren't using it. And, they they uh, do so, use it, you're saying? Oh, they're not using it. Oh, they're not they're using just, it. Oh, okay, well, Alan, you're an OTR, or you were an OTR driver. You're, you're um, local now, but if you... Well, if you're, well, you say that with such disgust. No, <laughs> no I didn't for it to sound like that. Hey, I was 28 years out there. But anyway, go ahead. My question is, if your company during the cold months, and I remember even when we had the moving business and you'd be driving up to Idaho in February, you know, but let's say you were driving for a company and they said, hey, here's an APU to keep you warm, or here's a, um, you know, go stop over at Air Dock or Idle Air and, you know, make sure you're warm. I know you. You would have done it. I, can you explain to me why somebody would not do that? I don't know. No, I can't. I don't understand it at all. I mean, I I never had an APU or never had the opportunity to use Idle Air or Air Dock, but I mean, I would have loved to, you know. But I I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of strange. It's I, it's strange to me. I I don't understand it. I I was stuck up on that mountain in winter in Idaho, you remember? Yeah, sure do. That's what made me say that, because I remember... For two days with a broken axle, freezing to death, and, uh, man, what I would have given for something then. But, no, I, I, I can't understand it. Okay, because I'm thinking, boy, this would make a great survey uh, to put out there, because... Well, first of all, you know, we hear from drivers all the time saying, you know, they don't, you know... It, it's it's tough for them to afford it on their own, but now if the company's paying for it, that doesn't even make any sense. No, and especially because um, we hear so much of how th their company is restricting them and their idling time, and they're complaining about you know being cold and getting sick. The only thing I can think of it goes back to the behavioral thing. I mean, they're they're this is it's been this way for decades and decades. They're used to it. You know, maybe that it's uh, even though young drivers, say, huh? I was even though there's you know there's young drivers out there that aren't using I, and the site that the particular site that I uh, I mentioned is Cab Air and uh, they're not on here and I I truly don't know you know what role is in going in or, uh, in this business. You know, there's different different uh, each of us whether it's on board and just between. Idle Air and, and Air Dock and all of that, and there there may be some reasons why they weren't using Cab Air, you know, because of the you know how it's hooked up to the to your vehicle, or you know, do you do you get uh, you know is the air complete cycle like for us, for example, Air Dock, we use completely fresh air, you know, that's we don't recycle air, but you know there may be I didn't want to use it, but it's just you know there's units there just. 
Maybe they just don't want to mess with it. I mean, I. Well, I mean, I, that's what I was going to say. I mean, Ethan, maybe. Uh, well, first of all, they have to get to a location, and maybe that can be a problem sometimes. I mean, a location isn't always everywhere they're at. Maybe they find the uh, equipment too cumbersome or something they don't want to uh, to deal with. But even that, I don't think would de- deter me. No, not if I was cold. You better believe I'd figure it out. Um, it's, a t- it's a tough puzzle. I mean, I'm curious what Roger and Andy try to do to drive uh, usage of their, their equipment because they've got some nice locations. I know drivers really like Air Dock. What, what do you guys do to try to get people to use the service? Ethan, I, I was on one in Tennessee, and uh, I asked a number of truckers about our units. There's 30 of them in the parking lot. And most of them thought they were either vacuum cleaners to clean out the trucks, or I hadn't got a clue what they were. And as I say, I F and Jeff with drivers, and I got them up and give them three hours to get the units on. And when they use them, they're actually amazed that these things are blowing warm or cool air, and they can plug in appliances. And it is the education. But, as I say, once you educate them, you know, they have limited sites where they're going to be using uh, the technology. And the other fear is that, you know, $1.50 or whatever it is an hour, if they're a fleet driver, they're not going to get reimbursed. And it, and it makes sense all the way along. You know, these systems, forget all the air quality and the tree hugging. It saves money. It saves wear and tear on the engine, and it reduces the amount of diesel that we have to buy from foreign countries. It's, it's I don't know. No I think you should, do some, you should do some radio and TV ads. You'll be like the Dyson of uh, TSE. We have well, customer yeah, appreciation. That, 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 you know, we have that, signage that, that, and that type of thing. But uh, uh, just, uh, just as Roger says, I mean, um, uh, you know, they look at it, and they, it's uh, – well, of course, that explains maybe TSE, but it blows me away that um, the the trucks with the APUs, uh, you know, Rick, you had said that there's APUs that, you, that fleets have bought and the drivers aren't using one. Well, that, that's just shocking unless they just don't show them how to use them. I mean, I don't know. I've never used one. I've never, you know, seen one. So I don't know how complicated they are, but I don't think they're that complicated. No, I mean, and I think that's changing. I didn't want to make a bigger deal than that, but I was just, I was just trying to, trying to make the point and agree with Ethan that, that you know, driver behavior has to be. I mean, this is a process, and you know, and I, and I got to go because I have a hard stop here. But I want to really thank you and you and Alan for for having me on, and I'd love to do this again at some point. I'll see you guys in October. But you know, at the end of the day, we're in, we're. We're in this country. It's the greatest country on on earth. It's um, we're in a great industry. There's just fantastic people throughout this industry, and you know what we really need to do. Is we're running a company that um, you know we're convinced we have a great technology. One of them. I mean, there's we love you know we're like our competitors. They're, they have good products, and and we're we're trying one step at a time to be a, to be a good company, provide a good product, and talk to people about the benefits to them and not really rely on the government to try to do this for us because they're just not going to do it. They're going to do, I mean, the lobby that they have between the oil and the gas business and you have the APA, which is which is very concerned about the safety, and you have OIDA, which which is normally on the other side of the APA. Um, you know, I mean, Washington's being bombarded with, with different stories, and we're trying to reduce fuel usage, and the oil companies are trying to increase fuel usage, and, um, 
No, but but it's a great industry. I think there's great products. I really appreciate the time. I thank you guys so so much, and I wish I could stay on and, and talk all night because it's such it was such a great conversation. But I appreciate it, and to uh, to the other guys on here, um, I really appreciate. Uh, Roger, we'll meet someday. Ethan, Sam, and Andy. I hope we meet soon. So uh, thank you guys very much, and you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. Okay, you too, Rick. Thanks. We'll be winding it down here anyway, but appreciate you coming on and, and everything. That's Rick Schaff. He's Director of Sales of the uh, Dynasis APU at Hajon.com. Uh, I just I wanted to just say one thing. Um, we were talking about lobbying before. Um, Roger had brought that up. And the only thing I could think about um, is the fact that drivers – uh, are the ones most of the time who are taking, you know, the the hard hits for um, idling either regulations or restrictions um, put on by the company. And in my mind, the correct lobbying would be, you know, somebody going up and actually saying, uh, hey, this is what drivers go through. Now, am I on the right path with that? Um, does that make sense? Anybody? Yeah, it makes sense. It's who does who does that, and where do they where do they do that at? I mean, is there a sounding board for that kind of stuff exists right now? Well, that's what, what? I'm asking. I mean, oh. first of all, is that the right path to take to to approach you know the correct sounding board with that with that kind of um, argument, um, and then to find the appropriate place to do it? So, I mean, number one. To me, logically, it seems like the correct path to take. But tell me, tell me if if I'm wrong. Oh, I mean, well, you know, on surface, it sounds like the right approach. I mean, just look what was accomplished uh, by the uh, the lady with uh, with uh, Jason's oh. law, which she was able to accomplish. I was going to bring that up, uh, you know, next. But I mean, I I think I think to me, because you know, you have to realize we're all for all these. Um, uh, TSC and APUs because we look at it uh, from the driver's standpoint because that's what we do. You know, we we have to to look at them, and so we're all for this. But you know, when when we hear that, you know, people just they're putting regulations and restrictions, and then no one really knows who is the the, the ones that are suffering from it all then that becomes quite annoying and you know you want to um you want to do something so i'm just thinking out loud right now while we're on the show uh what is the correct approach and to me that's what it would be to to let people know hey this is what's going on and what can be done and uh i don't know where to go andy um i i you know, you you don't have ideas on that. I I just don't have a clue. Well, I'd have to maybe think a lot a little more, but uh, I mean, it just seems to me that you know you got the parking issue, you got the and I don't and again I don't want to wrap up too much because then it, we haven't solved anything. But it's just I have to think over it a little more. I think uh, Ethan may have a little different view on that. But well, we actually what we've try to do is uh, try to um, encourage drivers who aren't uh, in the habit of trying these technologies, um, in this case TSE, is to actually give them loyalty points, just like a travel center uh, or like a 
you know, convenience store. And so we try to accumulate points so that they recognize that when their fleet's paying for it on a modest level, uh, they're getting something as a reward too, in case the fleets haven't fully embraced and internalized how to encourage the best behavior. In the end, it saves the fleet money because they have already hired us or, or will pay for other TSE services because uh, they know that every hour they, they get used, they're going to save a couple bucks. So the few cents that it costs us um, is a good investment. I'm sure that these um, other angles are, are valuable and can make an effect, but I think um, trying to extract what causes the marginal behavior of a, a driver to um, choose one of these uh, services is probably the most important thing for us to focus on at our I company. mean, I, I guess maybe my view is because I, I deal more maybe with uh, uh, with the, the government, so to speak, and in rest areas, interstate highways, and that type of thing. I, I, I guess it's how do you approach this from the top down, you know, uh, or do you approach it with the, from the bottom up and just try to randomly, you know, hit drivers? And I mean, we do the same thing, you know, we give them free free hours or free this or free that. And, mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that's one driver. You know, maybe two, maybe three, maybe ten in a night. But I mean, or do we start from the top and then work our way down? Um, but well, why I don't mean, we offer why don't, why don't we offer free air dock and idle air service tonight to anyone that uh, calls into uh, Alan and Donna's show or or check it on uh, podcast? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. We uh, we get a lot of archive listens, so we can just leave that up, and y'all can run that for as long as you want, but. You know, we're winding down anyway. I mean, I know you guys are busy, but uh, so what I hear out of all this is uh, that that uh, all uh, all of you guys, all of our guests here, I mean, y'all have the solutions, but you just are still. Uh, it kind of falls back to still you're still fighting this behavioral change among drivers and the industry. But I, I mean, I would think that would have to come around eventually because of the regulations and uh, everything that's that's being done within the industry. So. Um, I don't know. We'll. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We'll. We'll wrap it up. I want to give you each a chance to uh, just bring us up to date on your company and what's new and and anything you'd like to final share with us. Roger Southall, how uh, we'll start with you, AirDoc. What's new with AirDoc and uh, any comments you want to give us here as we wind it down here? Yeah, well, not not a great deal of uh, new happening. We've got uh, quite a number of RFPs out. Uh, we're waiting, hopefully, to win a couple of more sites. The sites we have, we're marketing and uh, making sure that all the systems are working. And you can be rest assured that I will have the same enthusiasm, I'm sure, next year running around, spreading the word that uh, idle reduction, I'm not on about technologies, whether it be idle air or ourselves, is the, the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, I think... We've got to get the message out. I'll be talking to fleets and talking to independent drivers. And thankfully, we've got people like you where I can come on and be my normal, buoyant, obnoxious self and let everybody know that we're out there. Well, yeah, I'm, I just still find it surprising that uh, that you're you're running into that obstacle uh I, I don't know. I, I just find that kind of fascinating. But Well, that's what I was saying, Alan. We really need to do um... – do a survey because now I really want to get into you know people's heads what they um, what they're thinking and how they feel and include questions like you know does your courage um, 
you know, TSC or APUs? Do they have them? Do they pay for you? Would you use them? Things like that. And really get it out there and run it for a while, kind of like you did with the uh, truck lease um, uh, survey that you ran for a while and, and got some really good, I mean, you had a tremendous feedback on that. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's just surprising. I mean, it's like a no-brainer, like you said. I mean, to me personally, I mean, you you want to spend a buck fifty an hour, you want to spend four bucks an hour. It, that it doesn't take much thought there for me. But Ethan Garber of um, Idle Air, what's uh, what's new over there? Final comments? Sure. Well, um, we uh, we're we're um, happy to uh, be able to say we actually closed on a seven million dollar investment round recently after struggling to uh, get to critical mass the last couple of years, and we're uh, just finishing construction of a new site in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and we're hopefully going to break ground on two um, sites in Dallas, and um, uh, we just opened a second site in Houston, in Baytown, and uh, I think some FEMA guys are, are hanging out down there and in Orange, Texas. Uh, so uh, really, uh, we've been growing about 5% a month. We've signed up 35,000 truck drivers and 450 fleets, and um, you know we we want to partner with all the TSE operators and the people that are using our service that we've invested in creating users. We'd love to spread them onto AirDoc and and everyone else's locations too, because it just helps uh, bring the solution to a larger scale. Right, it, and, it creates an awareness. Yeah, I I I totally agree with that uh, because you know I think that's that's the biggest key, just like what we face. Um, is the key word, and Alan, you were talking about it earlier today uh, about a different issue, but it's awareness. And um, once things do, you know, catch on and the seriousness and the concern for the environment and saving fuel and uh, and being healthy, you know, you have to talk the fleets into, you know, treating their drivers well, like you were saying, to retain them and reduce turnover. So I think these are all solutions um, that that we can all do and work together and help one another with. Um, we really appreciate you uh, you guys tremendously, and believe 100% in everything you're trying to achieve. And um, you know, we've got your back. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this really wasn't a problem 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 show. It's a, it was a solution show because the solution is kind of staring the industry and drivers right in the face. But uh, Andy Wakaba, Wakaba dot com. Uh, final comments? What's happening over there? Well, I tell you, I, I think Roger pretty much summed up uh, what the activities are at AirDoc, and uh, my activities is related to specifically to my company, uh, rest areas and service plazas, that type of thing. And uh, we've got some projects uh, on the table um, that uh, for some new locations, and I think. Uh, I think uh, the upcoming show that we have with uh, Congressman Tonko, I think, you know, I'm looking at what they say are the 10 top uh, issues facing the trucking industry and, and uh, you know, economy, hours of service, uh, driver shortage, uh, compliance, fuel issues, congestion, uh, and, and a few other ones there. I mean, you know, all of this is just so wrapped up and, and combined that, 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 to me, this TSE the more that we could expand it throughout the United States, uh, whether it's on board, off board, I mean, just could solve and resolve so many, so many issues that I think truckers are facing nowadays. And and, and I, I certainly didn't want to sound like I was being negative or or uh, or, or down. It's just um, it's just you know being able to get that message out. I mean, like you say, Alan and Donna, it just makes so much sense. But yeah. you know, uh, yeah. 
I mean, until yeah, we can I'll, get until we can I'll get to ahead. the point that um, that using TSE is like putting on a seatbelt, and if you don't, you're fined. You know, not saying that I, that's where I want it to be that you would be fined, but I mean, you know, the states are putting out non-idling, but they don't enforce it anyway. So, I mean, Roger said we're embryonic. Well, we were, but and are because you know the thought was well with these all these laws being passed this would be an ideal business to get into but those laws really truly are not even being enforced so we got well the places that you were suggesting where you saw all the trucks idling um was there tse available at those uh, places no no okay that was one of the plazas up there okay yeah, but nor are they nor nor is the owner interested in in putting in the block putting in the TSE, so. Okay, okay. So, well, that explains it then. If the law isn't enforced, and then, you know, if you don't have a problem, you don't need a solution, right? Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, we all feel very uh, excited about our product, and we're excited about the industry. We just, I think this survey, I, I think, would be an excellent an excellent idea to get help us get maybe oh, a yeah. new plant. Um, well, we'll for sure share that information with you. We're just going to have to, you know, design the survey. You could actually, um, you know, help us design the questions and yeah. um, get it out there. And we usually get a, a really good response with our surveys. So I you think know, just, we, you know, we can just do like that. Jason being murdered. Wouldn't it have been great if he'd had a rest area where there was parking and TSD and he could have had a nice, comfortable, restful sleep? Oh, you know, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you said about Hope, I mean, she literally knocked on doors in Washington. I mean, the woman's just amazing. And, by the way, she will be on the show again um, when Congressman Tonko comes on on the 13th um, because I can just hear it in her voice when I talk to her. She, I remember when she first started, she, was, she didn't like to speak. She was shy. Now, the last time I spoke to her, she's talking about making a speech at the convention, which, I mean, I, I was just totally floored. So all this has really made her a lot stronger, and I think it's made us all stronger that we have to really fight for every little thing uh, that we want in this industry. So, you know, we're we're right behind you, and, um, you know, if you have any ideas for questions, just send us an email, um, and we'll start designing that. Okay. Yeah, we'll put out that survey. But uh, oh, I think Ethan dropped off. But hey, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, coming on. It was really a great show. I don't think it was negative at all. A lot of solutions. Now we just got to keep that awareness out there. I think you guys all have the answers to this these problems, and uh, I think eventually it's going to come around. It has to, I believe. So thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show again. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank Pleasure. you. We, we look we look forward to your uh, October conference and. I'll owe you a, a drink, Donna, for your birthday. I missed, I missed it. I saw it on Facebook, looking younger and lovelier every day. So well, I, I oh, well, I, thank you. Oh, yeah, I, he's, he's talking to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot now. Thanks, Andy. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Appreciate it. And, uh, well, that was a good show. I mean, it, I, you know, I... Uh, you know, we had to work the problems in there and everything, but they have the uh, solution staring staring the industry right in the face. I really found it surprising, though, that the drivers won't, especially an APU, won't use it when the, when it uh, tow right along with the truck with them. Well, I don't. I, I I think probably those drivers are much less 
then um I would think surely then the T then the TSE and uh I, I don't know though because you know with all that we hear the feedback we get from the uh from the drivers I mean I hear a lot of complaints about not being allowed to idle and freezing and getting sick oh yeah and I I think the people we hear from would definitely be very happy uh to plug in or have an APU or or whatever so I'm just wondering, you know, it makes me wonder if um, the drivers aren't using them. Perhaps, you know, it's 40 degrees, they don't feel they need it, or it's only... Well, yeah, if they don't need it, that's another story. But, uh, you know, we're, we're just let's get that survey up, and uh, Andy will be real good with that. We'll work up the questions and let that survey run a while, and we'll we'll get that, get that survey to uh, all our guests when it's all done and see how it all works out. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very curious to to see some of the feedback we get, and uh, you know, we need to uh, create more of an awareness. I didn't realize that um, a lot of a lot of this technology was was not, you know, uh, known by drivers. So, you know, I think it's great that we do help get this out there. Like like everything else, we try to get out there. It's just you know another one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if the technology is not known to the drivers, maybe the new drivers, but I mean, you know, you pull in and you see, uh, I mean, you see air dock, you see idle air at these but truck stops, you see the APUs. Uh, I don't know what's going on out there. Well, we'll have to find out. Well, that's what I had to laugh. I don't know if you caught it, but I think it was Roger that said, yeah, they they think it's a vacuum. So really, yeah. So I mean, the fact that they they just don't aren't aware of um, what's out there for them, and then the ones that are aware are complaining because their companies won't allow them. So it, it's just a matter of you know getting this introduced to more drivers in the industry, and um, I think we can definitely we can definitely do that. Yeah, we're gonna do that. So. Um... Okay, well, thanks to everybody for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. We'll take a quick break, and Donna and I will be right back to uh, wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. So be right back. we will be right back. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AssetTrucker.com with an important message for owner-operators and fleet owners. Hodgeon Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all-new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug-in power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel with their goal of making APUs available for every hardworking driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by, so they offer full credit plans giving all owner-operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. Give them a call at 1-800-289-8282. Toll free 1-800-289-8282 or just Google search Dynasys APU. Visit them online at hotjohn.com. 
That's H-O-B-Y-O-N.com. The Dynasys APU, the best solution to engine idling. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. Okay, Donna, cut you off a little bit there, but I know you have a lot of info to share with us. What's going on? Okay, I do have some info here. Um, uh, we did we did lose in the industry... Um, uh, Bruce Dale Summers, known as the the fucking bozo, um, he was with Road Dog Radio um, years prior to that. Uh, he had a show on for years, and um, he did pass away. So um, our de- deepest condolences uh, go out to his family and his wife Sharon. And um, uh, on a uh, lighter note, we had the missing truck driver. Uh, had, has just come out with, uh, well, it's not out yet, but it's on its way, out with an application for the Android and uh, iPhone and iPad. And to give you a little background uh, on the missing uh, truck driver network and the missing truck driver uh, .com website, uh, a problem, huge problem in the industry. Um, truck drivers go missing every year. Sometimes they're not found for days, weeks, even months at a time. Uh, Many times they're found deceased in their truck. Uh, Recently, we had a a driver in February that, you know, was found. It was put on Facebook. Uh, The Missing Truck Driver Alert Network was created on Facebook. Thousands of people joined in, and thus the Missing Truck Driver uh, .com website came about. So, now you can sign up, go to missingtruckdriver.com, and you can actually sign up for this free app, and you'll get a notification in your email. Um, You can download it to your phone and be a part of the solution of helping find these missing truck drivers. The uh, founder of the website and the group, Kari Fisher, um, she was actually on the Dave Nemo show today. Uh, and she had a chance to share with everybody uh, what's going on with Missing Truck Driver. And uh, Dave Nemo was great. Um, I, I happened to have been on that show also, but he was great. He really um, was really thrilled over this, and you could see his enthusiasm. Um, he went right to the site, and he was reading it. And so we're hoping that this problem you know, can be solved with this new app that will be coming out. Again, that's www.missingtruckdriver.com. And by the way, Kari Fisher, because of these efforts, is the winner of the Making a Difference Award, the Jason Rivenberg Making a Difference Award, and she'll be awarded um, uh, on uh, October, I believe the award is on the 28th, that's Sunday, the convention is the 27th and the 28th, and her sponsor is GoTruckStop.com. 
so he'll be sharing in that uh, award presentation, uh, awarding Kari with $500. And also the four runners-up will be receiving from GoTruckStop.com uh, $100 gift certificate. So we're really uh, thrilled and thankful for that. Um, on another note, and this is pretty exciting, uh, this Monday was another FMCSA Mixac meeting. It was a public meeting. Anybody can go. And they were reviewing, um, they were getting a lot of feedback over CSA and, uh, you know, some of the things that are wrong with it, some of the complaints. And actually, um, there's a great post written by um, Richard Wilson, who was at the meeting. He was extremely vocal at the meeting, defending drivers and uh and fleet owners alike for a lot of the um, intervention problems they have with the citations, um, just a, a lot of different things. If you go to askthetrucker.com, you can read what went on over there. I just want to read a little bit. And by the way, Rich is our regulatory and compliance speaker at the convention this year. Uh, he's a true driver advocate, also a, I mean, just a fleet advocate. He's a safety advocate, but also um, you know, for fairness, which we're all we're all in tune with that. OIDA was also there, and uh, I'm trying to just pick out because there was so much that they went over uh, at this meeting, and I, I think drivers need to be aware of it. A lot of them can't make these meetings, even though they're public, because there's nowhere to park their trucks. And I remember Fred Schaffner, who we also need to keep in prayer. Um, you know. Fred went back in the hospital, but he was very active uh, in these uh, in these meetings um, prior to uh, getting sick. Uh, but anyway, let me just read a couple of little things uh, that Rich got up and spoke about. It says, nothing is currently on the SMS site that shows positive or non-violation inspections. Uh, if shippers look at an SMS, all they see is negative inspections. And then uh, he goes on to say a corrective action plan needs to be addressed expeditiously and fairly. If an intervention is instituted and only small or marginal violations are found, the carrier should not have to offer a corrective action plan. And now this is a big thing. Related to accident reporting and data provided, accident information is not public. Why then can anyone go on a carrier overview site and click on accidents and see all the accidents? And yet there's no discerning fault. And this was a big issue, this idea of even when there's no fault of the driver, it's still considered, um, you know, a, a crash and it gives, goes against their records. So uh, all these things were addressed, erroneous data, how they it, it isn't removed uh, many times uh, from the uh, data queue, and uh, we're just really happy that we have these people going there, like Rich. Uh, he also um, said that Todd Spencer was very vocal from OIDA there, and, um, you know, th this is what we have, and we're very fortunate to have him as our speaker this year, and um, uh, OIDA will also be at the convention. Um, I'm trying to pick out... oh. Okay, what did what did he say? This was really, really a good statement at the end. I'll end with this on this. A Maryland officer said a local judge had no right 
to turn over an inspection because he had no experience. Well, why should that same judge be able to find the company or driver guilty and issue a civil penalty? If he's experienced enough to find someone guilty, then he should be capable to find someone not guilty. And <laughs> Excellent point, and I wish I could have been there to hear him say that because I know that must have been a pretty heated room that day. But, again, go to Ask the Trucker. You can read all about it. Um, Paul Tonko joins us September 13th uh, to discuss uh, Jason's Law in the Transportation Bill. Uh, he will be explaining the process uh, that the states need to take in order to receive the funding for more safe truck parking. I know this is an issue uh, many drivers have. They just you know, don't understand. Okay, so we have Jason's Law, but you know, where's the money? Now, how are we going to get the What's it going to be used for? Is it going to be used for electric signs or, you know, is this really truly going to be parking? Well, he's going to join us um, along with Hope Rivenberg, and uh, we're going to talk about the the safe uh, truck parking uh, that's in the transportation bill right now. Uh, I want to move on to the truck driver convention. We have two new sponsors. Um, and they are Trainco Truck Driving Schools of Ohio and Michigan. Uh, Also, I just want to say they are the only truck driver training schools supporting the um, convention or or coming on board with the convention. Uh, If you remember, everybody, Ken Howell was on, and he runs a top-notch driving school uh, up there, uh, Trainco Truck Driving Schools. And that's in Ohio and Michigan. You can look them up because I know we have a lot of new students um, and uh, drivers looking into trucking as a career, and they're always asking for good schools. Well, we can pretty much tell you that's a good school. Um, Also on board with us is HurtTruckers.com, and uh, they just signed up with us. And uh, they were at the convention last year. They've been on our radio show. Um, there are uh, trucker advocates also. They're attorneys that help truckers with um, injury and uh, personal workmen's compensation cases. So, um, Yeah, they're a great, great group of people, too. Yeah, another – well, you know, I'll tell you the truth, Alan. If you look at any one of our sponsors or go look at that attendee list. We have the cream of the crop. We sure do. I'm so thrilled uh, with the people, the drivers, the companies, um, just all coming on board with this, and uh, uh, I'm really, really thrilled about it. Um, Just to talk a little bit about the convention. Oh, I just want to tell everybody, um, I will be um, talking about the convention tomorrow on – um, serious radio. Oh, here we go. <laughs> with, and you were on you were on the Dave Nemo show this morning. I know. And you're going to be where now tomorrow? Um, Casey Phillips. It's uh, the um, Road Dog Live on Sirius 106. And that's at 4:30. That's at 4:30. And um, I'm really excited to uh, be on there. You know how I get excited over the convention. You know, once you get me going, I'm I'm really afraid I'm just not going to shut up. And you know, I'll need up for breathing room. So. I'll have to contain myself a little bit while I'm on there. But um, anyway, yeah, so uh, I guess. So is that 4.30 Central Time? Um, No, no, that's Eastern Time. That's your time here. Yes, we did go over that. So that's so you were on uh, you were on Road Dog this morning. You're going to be on there tomorrow. So uh, what's next, an invitation to the White House? <laughs> 
Well, um, we'll see. You never know. They might need some help. Who knows? <laughs> so that's good. So the show tomorrow, you're going to be on what? They're, they're wanting to just talk about the convention? Yeah, and I think we, you know, I think we also, I want to go over missing truck driver again. And, you know, there's so many things we could talk about. I'm just going to kind of, um, you know, play it by ear. Uh, so well, they'll lead you along. Yeah, uh, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm just glad to be able to share a message. Um, you're you're running with the big dogs now, as they say in trucking. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. I was very very um, honored that they asked me to come on. So you know, really very grateful for that. Um, anyway, talking about the convention. Um, Let's you know. Let's discuss what it's all about. You know, we always talk about unity and honoring and getting the industry together. And tonight, you know, with the awareness issue, we were talking about the um, TSC and uh, idling uh, alternatives and all that. The whole key is awareness, and th- this is what we're trying to achieve. One of the other goals, you know, uniting drivers, honoring them. But creating awareness. For well, you know, it's also working together because, you know, I mean, I found it, you know, <laughs> interesting. You know, Rick Schaff of Dynasis APU, and we have uh, Roger Southall of AirDoc and Ethan Garber, CEO of Idle Air. I mean, really, you want to get right down to it, they're, they're really all competitors, but yet here they are on the show all talking and working together to bring a solution to this. And, and you know what? That is such, that's such a key point because so many times you see um, people, you know, they, they look at each other as, you know, competitive when really if you keep your eye on your mark, which is the um, solution to a problem, there's enough for everybody, and the more people you get on board to solve a problem, the more you're really going to get on board for yourself as well as everyone else. And when everybody supports one another, then you have a lot more support. And well, I really that, respect these guys who came on tonight. Um, that's how Andy Warkaba put it, of Warkaba.com. Yeah. He, he said there's plenty to go around for everybody. Well, yeah, and the key thing is create the awareness first of all, and you know, and then let people pick and choose, you know, where they're going to go or what direction they're going to go in, and and you know, you just have a lot more people. So I'm really excited about that um, that survey we're going to put up. I think that'll create a lot of awareness also. Um, so we do have oh a major. A major function of the convention is the open forum. Um, I've gotten, you know, emails, or we've we've gotten emails uh, with, you know, saying, well, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that. Well, go ahead because this is your opportunity. We have uh, David Chimante actually is going to be recording everything and uh, going to be taking pictures. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of this up on YouTube and on our uh, one-hour CD, of course, we can only pick highlights for the one-hour CD because it's a two-day convention. But, uh, you know, if, if you have something to say and you want to discuss it with our, our speakers, then you need to do it because this is all part of the awareness that we're trying to create to the general public. And we have that opportunity. And speaking about our speakers, um, I don't have the list, but I think I know them by heart by now. And if I miss one, let me know, but I don't think I will. 
We have um, we have a, a, from the FMCSA Elaine App, and I'm going to tell you she's a straightforward individual. She's going to be speaking about sleep apnea, BMI, um, uh, waivers, health waivers, the National Registry, and. She's just straight to the point, so if you have a question, I guarantee you um, she's going to answer it right then and there, and I really enjoyed speaking with her on the phone because she is so straightforward. And uh, I look forward to meeting her. We have Richard Wilson from Trans Products and Services, who's uh, going to be the regulatory speaker. He's going to touch on truck driver shortage and uh, 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 CDL training and how all that kind of combines along with regulation. So he has, I told him, boy, you have an awful lot to cover. You better speak fast because that could be easily be a three-hour presentation right there. Um, and then we have Rick Ash for Truck Driver Health, and uh, he's going to be um, – he's actually uh, a testimony to this. Uh, I mean, he was just in um, one of the uh, magazines or, or news uh, – no, USA Today. Oh, USA Today. Uh, and what he did to improve his health, he's lost, I don't know, 50, 70 pounds? Uh, 75 pounds, I think. Okay. And uh, he's healthy. He feels better. Um, you know, he was in the same rut as everybody else. You know, you drive, you board, you eat, you smoke, you, you know, and you don't exercise. And, and he's really going to be a, his own testimony as he speaks to the drivers at this convention. Uh, we have Kyla Lieberg, who is going to speak about the human trafficking uh, epidemic and what Truckers Against Trafficking is doing to uh, get the entire industry on board uh, against that problem. She's also going to uh, explain how she used social media to uh, get her word out there so quickly and rapidly and to get so many people on board. Matter of fact, I was when I was speaking with um, Dave Nemo today, he was saying, gee, I'd love to come to the convention. I'm going on the human trafficking cruise. And I said, well, Kyla's going to be speaking at the convention. She's not going on the cruise. And, you know, he just kind of laughed. But uh, everybody is on board with this. So she's going to be there, and we can hear um, her success story and what everybody's doing. We have Chris Voss, who um, is going to be our social media speaker. He's going to share with everyone uh, how they can have their voices heard, how can they have their businesses um, seen, and uh, how you use transparency and honesty to really get ahead in this business. So um, he's he's going to be speaking really to everybody on every different level. Uh, ranked number 18, I believe, in Forbes magazine. So he's he's quite quite a uh, social media speaker. Um, Alan, I don't know if you have the website up. I don't think I missed anybody. Uh, hold on, I'm going to try to get on here now. But I would hate to miss somebody because we have like such great speakers. Uh, no, I don't have it up right now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna click on it now. I just want to make sure. Hold on. Well, the speakers, I think you got them all. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I just hold on. There's Elaine. I'm scrolling down, everybody. Okay. Guess who we missed? I knew we missed two people. Of course, Paul Taylor, Trucking Employment Law. Um, he's going to talk about truck driver rights and uh, what you can do, what your rights are. 
uh, I mean, he gave a presentation last year that was so powerful. I mean, all our speakers did. Um, and the, the drivers, he had a handout and gave to drivers um, what their rights are under the law. And um, I'm not sure exactly where he's going to hit home this year, but knowing Paul, he's definitely going to hit it. We have James McCormick, who's um, going to be there, and he's going to be addressing uh, various issues with new students, drivers, and he helps uh, find the proper job. If you're looking for a job or looking for a school or whatever you're looking for, he has a way of matching you up with the proper company that's best suited for you. So uh, he's going to be there to help you with your career. Of course, Missing Truck Driver is going to have a booth there handing out literature, um, explaining the need for this uh, important aspect of trucking and everybody seems to be getting on board with it there's you know i mean within two days i think there was over over two thousand people who joined the group so um this is something that uh everybody could get involved with. the hope rivenberg is going to be there um spoke to her and we didn't know it when we planned the convention but uh jason rivenberg's birthday is october 28th and that is the Sunday of our convention. And um, she had said that they always kind of have a personal remembrance day in New York. Well, she, you know, she's coming down to the convention to be a part of the awards ceremony as she was the winner last year of the Making Difference Award. So in, um, in Jason's honor and in celebration of Jason's law in the transportation bill, we will be having a cake. We hope you all um, can share with us this, this moment uh, together. I know Hope was so, so grateful for that, and she's just such a sweet individual. And we can't wait to see her again. Uh, pride in your ride. All the truckers that are coming, make sure you shine up your truck because uh, there's big, big prizes going on, over $1,000 worth of prizes for the first, second, and third place winners of that. We have the raffle. We have Go Truck Stop, um, over $1,000 worth of gifts. Uh, we have Cobra, over $5,000 worth of gifts being raffled away. We have Kathy Cass making all the centerpieces for the convention. We're so grateful for her and all she does for the industry. Another true driver uh, advocate out there. Um, I, uh, What is the blog, Alan? Um, Trucker's Wife. A Trucker's Wife blog. Plus she's on Facebook and all kinds of help sites on Facebook for truckers. Um, she's also making two baskets. So for all you women out there, Trucker's Wives, you can enter the raffle for the basket, and uh, and from what I understand, also uh, I was speaking to uh, Norita Teller over at OIDA, and they're also going to be having a drawing for uh, Truckers Against Trafficking. They're going to put a basket together, so uh, you know you just uh, purchase a ticket, and you can pay a part in that so this is really a huge event we're squeezing an awful lot into two days Um, all the buffets the refreshments everything included Um, if you haven't gotten your ticket yet you really need to you go to www.truckingsocialmedia.com be united make a statement within the industry and uh, join us on October 27th and 28th in Kansas City, Missouri, over at Harris. Again, that's www.truckingsocialmedia.com. 
www.thepowerofpositivelifestyle.com. We thank all our sponsors um, for for helping us with this. Um, if it wasn't for them, obviously this wouldn't be taking place. So uh, again, thank you to all of uh, our sponsors out there. And they're all up on the website. Go check them out. Go see who's supporting professional truck drivers uh, on our website. And, um, Alan, I don't think I um, I forgot anything. I've got my notes. I think I covered it all. But please, if I if I didn't, help me out here. Well, sounds good to me. What about the show you're going to be on tomorrow on Sirius? You know what channel? Yeah, that's uh, Road Dog uh, 106, Sirius 106. Sirius 106. And who's the host of the show? That'll be uh, Casey Phillips, and okay. yeah, it's called Road Dog Live, and um, I'm just really excited about it. <laughs> okay, so Sirius 106 tomorrow at 4:30. That's Eastern Time. Right, and you won't be here, so. Um. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, I'll, I'll try to. I'll, I've got a satellite, Sirius satellite, ready. I'll try to hook it up and listen to it, but it just depends on how it works with my schedule. Okay. But uh, maybe maybe they they have archives. You know, I don't think they do. They might have one replay, and I'm not really sure um, how that works Sirius Radio. I, I'm pretty sure they have one replay, but I'm not positive. All right, I'll have to check it out. So, All right, sounds good. Um, thanks for joining us this evening, and special thanks to our guest, again, Rick Schaff of Dynasty Safe to You, Roger Southall with AirDoc, Ethan, Ethan Garber of Idle Air, and Andy Warkaba of wakaba.com so um, you know fuel price has been going up lately let's hope to get back down as things settle down from hurricane tropical storm isaac and to all our listeners affected by the storm we want to send out our best wishes and know you will all pull through this just as you did from katrina in 05 and so from the uh when the big rigs don't roll cd produced by alan Productions.com, here is the uh title song if i can find it you know, this thing has a mind of its own sometimes. Um, there it is. Switchboard? Uh, yeah. Uh, title song, When the Big Rigs Don't Row. So until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith and for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. It ain't right, man, it sucks. When the big old companies make a billion bucks On the backs of the working man Driving trucks and cars It takes 1,200 bucks to fill this rig While I'm stuffing the pockets of some big wig He don't care if I've maxed out my credit cards The only trick I get for my truck Is the jack and the price when I fill it up It's like pumping my money down an endless hole What they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll Figure out that they're ripping off me They get a big tax break And all I get's the shaft Insurance goes up If my credit is down If I sink any lower I'm gonna drown And I ain't getting no help From a bureaucrat No 
The only trick I get for my truck is a jack in the price when I fill it up. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. But what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll. If mama hadn't taught me the golden rule, I'd tell those big wigs what to do. With the nozzle on the pump where I get my gas. But I'm a good boy and I won't do that. All my truck is a jack in the price when I fill it up. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. But what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll. 